on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. to another edition of the happiness algorithm with me james roast it's the show that talks all things mental health emotional well-being and what we can do to make us that little bit happier now today i'm joined by the founder of iSpace well-being an exciting interactive curriculum aimed at preparing children with understanding knowledge strategies and tools to take care of their mental health and well-being helping them to live life well iSpace curriculums integrate evidence-based, fun-to-use strategies, a common language, positive psychology, and mindfulness tools to help support children's well-being and personal development. Born out of a passion for children's mental well-being, my guest pulls on her knowledge, experience, and expertise as a registered nurse in both adult and pediatric care, as well as being a mindfulness teacher. We'll be talking all things mental health and emotional well-being and learning how we can all nurture ourselves in this crazy world that we're currently existing in. Please welcome to the show, Paula Talman. Paula, how are you? Hi, James. I'm really well this morning. Thank you. Excellent. What uh, what a privilege it is to have you on the show. Obviously, I know we've spoken before, and we were introduced um, by um, but well by by an individual off social media through a joint um, interest yes. and uh, opportunity to to help with children's well being. Yes. And and I was informed about iSpace and uh, and what you do, and I was like, I need to speak to this lady. <laughs> Uh, so we did speak and obviously, um, after we did speak, it was, I felt it was important for you to come on the show and share more about iSpace wellbeing and the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you so uh, much. Excellent. Amazing work that you're doing. So let's, let's kick things off. Let's, let's dive straight into Why iSpace not? if Why we can. Not? Share with the listeners, um, what iSpace is, what it does, and then we can talk about where it all came from. Brilliant. Well, iSpace Wellbeing is a whole school curriculum and it really brings um, education around children's mental health and well-being. And when I say well-being, I mean 
all the concepts of our health into the classroom. But it doesn't just leave it there in terms of education. It brings it outside of the classroom because, as you said earlier, it has this really unique language, strategies and tools and beautiful analogies and visuals that the children can use in their everyday life. So whether they're in the playground or whether they're at lunchtime or in the playing fields or whether they're at home, all of this learning that they do through this well-being curriculum uh, can be used throughout their lives and in every single day that they have there can be a moment where this education can be used and what we've done as well is we haven't just created lesson plans that can be used in the classroom and at school but we've also created a well-being toolkit that parents can also use at home with the children so When we talk about a whole school approach to mental health and well-being education, it is about making sure that parents, teachers and children are all learning and working together because through that working together, we get the best outcomes for our children. But for us as adults as well, we are learning with the children and from the children. And in doing that, we are all looking after our mental health and our well-being. So it's it's something I am so passionate about because I feel that up until now, we haven't really had a really solid um education around mental health and well-being in any of our lives and hence we see these um, problems that adults talk about today that actually if they'd had support education understanding when they were children they perhaps wouldn't be suffering um, with not knowing how to care for their mental health today and so I think it is really important that our children given the crisis that we're in right now, but even before coronavirus, there was lots of um, concern around our children's mental health. So it's really important that we stand up now. Um, and for us as adults, knowing the importance of it, that we we make a change, it's time for change. Well, I couldn't agree with that more. I could not agree with that more that it is, than it is time uh, for change. And I think that what comes through um off the back of what you said there is that common language that common language that that we must begin to embrace and adopt with regards to our mental health and our emotional well-being and it needs to something it needs to be it needs to be child friendly and it needs to be fun and it needs to be normalized and through the ispace curriculum that we've designed Uh, I think we've achieved that. And because I work with children on a daily basis and I'm constantly getting feedback from how this is working within the schools that iSpace is in, and I see it naturally happening through the conversations that we're having with children who are learning iSpace, um, you can see how this language has just been adopted as a normal part of their everyday life. And, And that's the beauty of it. And when they use the language with their parents, for example, we have... Um, 
we use the words launch or land your rocket around talking about our emotions. So sometimes when we feel that we have allowed our emotions to take over, we might feel as if our rocket has taken off. Um, But Mm. we teach them these skills and tools to help them to land their rocket again, or even to recognize when their rocket is fueling up or when it's just hovering and about to take off. So it can really help them to self-regulate. And so when we hear parents coming back to us and telling us, that their children have come home noticed when um, when things at home are getting a little bit um, you, we would probably in the olden days have said I feel my blood pressure rising um, so when yeah. children can see that in their their family members they're now saying hey I think you need to land your rocket and it's bringing humor into the situation and we all know that humor is a great diffuser so this language is um is being adopted by by everyone who is uh using it and the parents are having a bit of fun with it as well yeah well i think there's such safety in the metaphor as well isn't there there's that it becomes approachable for the children yeah. accessible for the children exactly. and then approachable for the parents yes. as you said before because looking at it and you was kind enough very very kind enough to send me uh, a nice base pack and I, I will say my kids have loved it oh. I mean it, they, they come in from school and they want to get the cards out and they want to talk and and it's been a really interesting experience for me to observe my own children looking at the visuals and using yeah. the cards and wanting to drawer and use the dry white markers that are in there as well I think it's it's phenomenal and and I think that for parents I was having a conversation yesterday actually with with someone else and he was saying that as a parent he has taken the opportunity to sit down during this adverse period that we find ourselves in but to sit down with his children and 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 ask about how their day's been but but actually begin to explore the emotion that's behind it as well and I think that this is what iSpace does extremely well but tell us about the space concept and share with the listeners the narrative and you said there but but mention the the niggles and everything else that goes with it (laughs) build on the fueling of the rocket yes so um so i space it I'm a trained mindfulness coach. Um, I'm a true believer in mindfulness. I practice it every day and it really does help me to manage my, my well-being and my mental health. And, um, I was, I, I suppose I should really say, start with the story of how I designed iSpace really, which is mm, I, mm. um, have been passionate about mental health for, for about over 25 years now and probably unconsciously as a child and an adolescent I was very interested in mental health as well and so I I did lots of research on adolescent mental health I worked in the mental health sector for for a a short period in adult mental health and I then moved into pediatrics uh, which was very evident very quickly that there wasn't a lot of services for children with mental health issues and hence they quite often got wrapped up in the general medical services which isn't really the right place for young people who have mental health issues we need to really get proper services for them they are there at the moment but they're so overrun um, that we need to make sure that we are supporting and developing these services more but but perhaps even more so we need to be starting at the very beginning which is with the iSpace wellbeing curriculum for children from the age of four upwards in a preventative proactive approach to mental health and then perhaps we wouldn't have these um big big demands on our very stretched services that we have at the moment but um 
what happened for me was that when I worked in general pediatrics, I worked in pediatric A&E, I worked in uh, cancer care, I've worked on uh, general hospital wards. And I really felt that as a staff, we didn't have the knowledge and understanding that we needed to really help and support these young people. And so I did a dissertation on um, adolescent mental health when I did my master's degree. And I really felt out of doing that research that people would learn a lot from it and we would make a lot of change. Um, I then moved into the education sector, into schools, um, and thought I would look at mental health from a very proactive point of view so I could teach on the PSHE curriculum, which is um, personal, social and health education in schools. And in doing that, I could take a real um, health education and promotion approach to helping young people. And about 10 years after moving into the education sector, uh, there was a conference uh, advertised about mental health. And it was the first time I'd ever actually seen a mental health conference advertised inviting people from education to. So I was quite excited and um, went up to London, uh, sat at this conference, listened to what everybody had to say. And unfortunately, I came away really disappointed because they were talking about a reactive approach to mental health. Um, And I felt that we hadn't really progressed. And so on my way home on the train, I made sure that I had gathered plenty of uh, post-it, free post-it notes and and pens, as you you do at these conferences. (laughs) And I started doodling away on the train And I started trying to really pull on all my experiences and the people that I'd met when I worked in mental health and using my mindfulness um, knowledge that I had uh, to try and think about what I could do when I came back from this conference to make a change. And quite often when I used to speak to people, and these were adults in the mental health sector, When I used to speak to them, they used to talk about space a lot and the space in their heads and um, how they either needed space or they felt that when their thoughts were taking over, that it was there was so much space in their heads that all of these thoughts were racing around all of the time. So the word space came to mind straight away. And I started trying to have a little play around with with those words to try and think of how they could actually fit with teaching children something, um, but also have that concept around it of thinking about ourselves and the space that we need in terms of time or in terms of that ability to self-care. And so I played with the words and I came up with, I stop, pause, And in that pause, that's where we bring in our breathing and then and calm everything. So I is for I, S is for stop, P is for pause, A is for and um, calm everything, C and E at the end. So when I came up with that, I then was able to think this is the beginning of something bigger. This is going to be the start of education for children in schools. And then out from that grew a galaxy, a, a mental health and well-being galaxy mm. of planets um, that would cover all of our children's uh, mental health and well-being. 
And and then, of course, once you start with space, there's no stopping because there's so much analogies that you can bring into it. And then, of course, I had to have my characters, uh, my beautiful um, little characters that are Astro Kids at Astro Kids School. So again, we play around with the words and we bring the A for at the Astro, the K for the kid and the S for the school. And we put them together and we get the word ask. And we put this ask on the uniforms of these little Astro Kids, which are space uniforms. And so when the children at school are introduced to these characters from the curriculum, the first thing they see is the word ask. And from my, from my experiences of working with people in mental health, what I heard so frequently was that the issues that they developed started from not knowing who and how to ask for help. And so I felt that the core of iSpace Wellbeing was going to have to be teaching children who and how to ask for help and making sure that they understood and felt it was okay not to feel okay and it was okay to ask for help, that it was a sign of strength, not weakness. And so these little characters also, we play on words with the characters as as well because our characters are called Niam and Dunnikin when they're in the junior um, part of our curriculum. And Niam, if you look up the word, actually, it's a Celtic Irish word and it stands for brilliance and shine. And if you knock off the N from Niam, you get I am. So we've got the start of a growth mindset. And Dunnikin is a Scottish Celtic name. I'm sorry, but for the listeners out there, I don't know whether you can pick up from my accent. I am Irish. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when you're Irish, your roots go with you wherever you are and you just can't <laughs> shake it off. So, um, so my characters are Celtic characters. And so Dunnikin, um, he stands for determination and uh, creativity. And, you know, he really stands for that never giving up character. And so if you knock off the D-U-N from his name, you get I can. So these are the little characters and uh, the little logo, the Ask logo that children from the age of four are introduced to on the first day they start at school. And of course, in a well-being galaxy, you've got to have little aliens. So we introduced um, our little characters of niggles and stressors. And our little niggles and stressors really just represent um, our thoughts. And they they sit in our thought bubbles. They're not in our heads. Um, so when the children see these little characters, they're in the visuals outside of our Niam and Dunnikin's heads, but in these thought bubbles. And they're always up to mischief. And um, our niggles represent our little worries and our stressors represent our, our big worries. And what I've found from introducing these characters into the children's vocabulary, it gives them a measuring tool as to be, in a, as to be a, in a way to be able to describe where their worries or thoughts sit on a, almost like a, you know, a, a spectrum. So you've got your little niggle on one end and your stressor on the other end. And when they go to teachers or to their parents and they say, I have a niggle, the parents and the teachers understand, okay, this is something small. If they go and they say it's a stressor, we 
understand straight away to the child, this is something big. And what I found in terms of feedback from teachers and parents is that when children went to them before, they the parent or the teacher quite often um, decided as to whether it was big or it was small themselves. And they would say back to the child, don't be worrying about that. It's, it's, that's nothing to be worrying about. Off you go. But actually, now that they have this, these words, they really understand it from the point of view of the child. And it has made a very, very big difference. And there is a little funny story about, um, about niggles, because when we uh, introduced this first into one of the schools that I worked at, um, the children were just getting used to the language. And Andy Murray was on the television. It was around Wimbledon time. And it was mm. he, had, he had a problem with his hip. And it was all over the press about Andy and his hip and was he going to be okay in playing at Wimbledon? And he came on the television and he said, look, you know, my hip, is, you know, I've been, I've been looking after it, but it's just a niggle. It's just niggling mm. me. And the children picked up on this straight away and they came in the next day and they said, oh my gosh, you know, Andy Niggle has, uh, Andy Niggle, <laughs> Andy Murray has niggles as well. And so it was really normalizing it for the children. You know, we all have these niggles in our daily lives. And, um, and so that was something really, really special for me when I heard that coming back. And just recently on mental health, um, on World Mental Health Day, a school who uses iSpace also put up uh, a post about a conversation that they've been having with the children about niggles and stressors. And one of the children said, um, my niggle told me the other night to eat my dad's chips, but I didn't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's the, these stories and the way that the children are embracing all of this in such a natural and normal way is so rewarding. It's just so rewarding. So, mm. um, so then in our galaxy as well, we have the rocket and it helps that self-regulation in terms of having the terminology launch or land. But the little windows, we have windows on our rocket and um, when the children look at the visual, they can use those windows as counters and if they feel that their emotions are taking over they can look at the windows on the rocket they can decide they can blow the window the the lights out that might be lighting up in the rocket so they can use their breath or they can just use them as counters and this really helps them to um to start using their breath and connecting with their breath when they're thinking about their emotions and how they're going to manage them and we also you know in doing this we also teach them that emotions are normal you know, we all have them and they're there for a reason. They help the, the communicate something to us. And, and quite often they keep us safe as well. And we teach this to the children so that they understand that it's okay to, to name them, to tame them. We teach them that as well so that they can name the emotion and then they can almost like tame their rocket and help it to land and to defuel the rocket. So, uh, so all of these lovely things within our wellbeing galaxy are really helping children to talk about their mental health. And like there's one other thing on the, on the galaxy. Um, that the children use and find very helpful, which is actually a black hole. 
And sometimes for children who um, can feel quite anxious and they can sometimes feel stuck, they quite often use this analogy to explain that. Um, And it also gets them interested in in space as well because they talk about um, uh, Stephen Hawkins and how he talks about black holes and how there's always a way through and there's always growth, development, and a light at the other end. Um, And so this really helps our children to understand that we all get stuck sometimes, but it it doesn't mean that we can't unstick ourselves. Um, And I also once had two children working together. And one of the, because the joy of this toolkit that you talked about, James, is that the children can work together on it. It it doesn't always need an Mm, adult. mm. They can teach and learn together. And I find that in the schools that I work in. And on one occasion, this child told her friend that she felt stuck and in this black hole. And because this toolkit is interactive and you can use the dry white markers and draw on the galaxy map, this other child said, I would, if, if you're stuck in that black hole, I will come to you on the rocket and I will come out. And she drew herself coming out of the rocket and she attached a tether between her and the rocket. And she said, I would help you and I'd reach out and I'd take you from that black hole, black hole and we would work, wow. we would work through this together. And these girls were only nine years old. And, you know, for me, that was, that's just amazing empathy Mm, uh mm. you know and that compassion that was there and these two two young girls that moment in time has caused them to be friends very very close friends ever since um that moment because the trust that was there it was it was just a beautiful thing actually to watch happening between two very young children Mm. um so, so yes, so this, this is, this is the work that we, we are doing in schools right now and how we are helping children, um, with, with all of these visuals, language and education. And what's also really great about it is because if you use a curriculum in schools, what's really special about it is, is that it's constant. And it's not a dip in, dip out. It's weekly. It happens weekly and it helps children to build core memories around these visuals and around the conversations that are happening around them. So whether they're absolutely fine in this moment in time, it's about later on in life, when they're 20, 25, 30, whatever it may be, if their crisis happens somewhere along that journey, whatever age it is, if the core memories around how to help themselves is there, they'll be able to draw on it and they'll be able to to put something in place to be able to help themselves. And uh, and that is, I'm hoping that if we do research um, along the way throughout this journey, throughout this iSpace journey of when we've started this education and we can follow some some children all the way through their adolescence and adulthood and find out how this has supported and helped them. I think that would be an amazing thing. Um, And I hope that it, it has a huge, huge impact. Oh, I, do you know what? I'm sure it will. Um, Because it's like you said there, it's the, it's the foundations that you're laying 
um, now for these children that for that generation coming through enables them to when they're 30, 40, 50 years old to, to revisit these uh, difficult emotions, I suppose, because the inevitability of life is that there's always going to be difficulties and, and difficult emotions provoked. But to to approach them in a way that isn't frightening because one of the I suppose one of the challenges for me and what I often come across and 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 observe is that because we're creatures that are pre genetically almost evolutionary pre-programmed to move away from pain and discomfort yes when there are difficult emotions provoked or that present internally we try and move away we try and avoid children are ridiculously resilient and adaptable and I think that um instead of a a society that again encourages maybe not intentionally uh for this next generation to come through to not approach and understand these emotions i think what iSpace is doing amazingly and phenomenally well is getting these children to kind of just work with it confront it and as you said normalize it yeah um and and it's well to 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 quote what you said uh to recognize that it's natural and normal yeah. um, to experience this. And I think that's the almost the, the hidden gem as well, is that it's not only um, the children adopting it, but there's that upward um, direction as well to the teachers being able to access the conversations in a comfortable way, the parents being able to uh, approach it in a comfortable way without fear. Yes. Um, I mean, I've got... You're a bloody genius, Paula, <laughs> an absolute genius. I mean, I, I, I think we should have all gone to that conference yeah. and pinched a few sticky notes and all got on that train on the way back. We, you know, uh, that little whatever seed was sown in that conference, yeah. it has bloomed into um, into something that is absolutely phenomenal yeah. absolutely phenomenal I, I um, I've said to you before James that I call it my JK Rowling moment yeah and- <laughs> yeah absolutely um, absolutely so hopefully there'll be volumes and volumes of of uh, books to come <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know it, it's the it's the like you said like it I suppose like space it's it's infinite yes it, there's there's endless opportunities yeah. for it to go in different directions but even you know where where it's at now for me that that you know it's so comprehensive even down to um Niam and and Dunnikan and 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 just breaking those names down and what they represent the I am the I can the determination the creativity the brilliance uh, all of that again um it's not just about you know children recognizing there are niggles and stressors and actually we all feel this and here is um well, you, you, I mean, Paula, you know my feeling on this. I think that w- we live in a very symptom-driven culture yes. and often it's it becomes quite solution-focused. Um, but I think what both the characters represent as well is, and I suppose this comes from your mindfulness background, that embracing the discomfort yes. in a non-reactive way, yes. but being much more responsive with it, being able to kind of say, this is where I am and this is what I can do. Yeah. Um, and and it becomes so organic then it becomes so much more fluid and um and and just as i say just just wonderfully uh, magically accessible yes. In- incredible yeah. truly truly incredible absolutely and i guess one of the things i also felt that actually came out of this by by default really in a way because once you started with the idea of space of course, 
astronauts just happen to <laughs> fall into it as well. But um, mm. what I love about uh, our characters in the ice-based curriculum, because they are young children in Astro Kids school, it is teaching them anything is possible. And just recently I've seen on social media two really, really young girls and they're training to be astronauts. You know, I think one is uh, is only about 10 years old and the other, I think, is 60. Yes. And, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. You know, they're training to be astronauts. And young girls didn't often have that self-belief before. Mm-hmm. And so if they're entering school at the age of four and they're now see, relating to these characters at Astro Kids School in the ice-based wellbeing curriculum – why not think of being an astronaut um, at the age of four and to think about what that could be for them later on in life Um, and just planting seeds of the possibilities that are there for them uh, if they want to take them on and embrace them. And I think Mm. self-efficacy is such an important thing to... um, to help our children with and to help them to be developing it all of the time because having that belief in ourselves really helps us to move forward. And I quite often talk to children about put it, whatever we put after the words I am, we become. So keep practicing that in a positive way because it will help you to build that self-belief and, uh, and that self-efficacy. And it can really make a difference to their self-esteem and who who they are trying to become on a daily basis. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that, that statement also as well around having belief in ourselves helps us move forward. Yeah. Um, that it isn't it interesting i think that the um the world we live in is so so difficult understandably has been more so this this year um but even even pre-march it was it was immensely demanding and 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 stress was you know uh really quite intense and seeing that in some of the children that i work with and, and schools that i'm going into as well and and you know it's easy for that belief in self yeah to be almost be broken down to be sort of just just diluted through all these external demands as well and reconnecting with that I think is yes. so vital and and that's what the whole narrative does um well look I think we should uh I think we should play your first song Lovely. choice and um and then when we come back because I think it's a real <laughs> it's a it's a, a an apt moment yes for this, it um, is this song to come yeah. in and uh when we come back I'd love to speak about um, flying around space and the galaxies and visiting the different planets and what they represent as well, because I think there's some, again, there's some real magic in that. Brilliant. Um, So stick with us here on the happiness algorithm. Uh, You're listening to me, James Rose. My special guest today is Paula Talman from iSpace Wellbeing. And this is her first song choice. Stranger to the dark Hide away, they say Cause we don't want your broken parts I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars Run away, 
Welcome back to the Happiness Algorithm with me, James Roast. Uh, my special guest today is Paula Talmin, and that was her first song choice. That was, of course, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Uh, Paula, what uh, an incredible track. And as we said before there, the, before the break, before we went to that song, uh, quite apt as well. Absolutely, because uh, 
having talked about, you know, whatever we put after the words, I am, we become. Um, I think that song is such a powerful song and it really tries to help us look at um, our self-esteem and how we can really build our self-esteem and be empowered. And I think because quite often when I talk to children across the schools that I work in and just in my own personal life with you know family friends uh, their children that when they're talking to me about the issues that they're experiencing quite often the root of it is coming from low self-esteem either from through embarrassment over something that's happened or shame and shame there's so much out there about shame that I think we all need to be learning about and the impact that shame can have on anybody really. And, uh, and it's probably mm. too big a conversation to go in here into here at the moment about the concept of shame. But, uh, but I think it's important to mention it because, you know, that song within it, it, it really brings across at the beginning about how these, these individuals within the greatest showman felt so much shame that they hid and didn't put themselves out there in the world. And I don't ever want children to feel that they need to hide and not feel that they're able to put themselves out there in the world and that their voice doesn't matter and, um, and that, or that they haven't got something that's valuable to offer the world. I want them to go out there feeling that they're unique and that their voice does matter and that they all have talents and gifts that is important to, to the world around us. Um, mm. And that's what I try to do in the um, iSpace curriculum as well. And through the use of the toolkit, a lot of the conversation sometimes can be around building that self-esteem, giving them the, the tools that they need so that like the one of the lines within that song is when the sharpest words cut me down. And so mm. when children come and talk about their shame because of what's been said to them, uh, it's about making sure that we explore that together and explore the feelings around that, but then help them through problem solving and through their own problem solving using this toolkit and the, their knowledge from the curriculum that they become empowered so that they can be saying, look out because here I come. And so that's why I really love that song. And I also love it because the lady who actually sings that song, she didn't have the confidence actually to, to sing that song or to go in the film. And it took Hugh Jackman to encourage her and to give her the confidence and the, the belief in herself to actually take part in the film and to have that song recorded. Oh, wow. I didn't, I weren't even aware yeah. of that. <laughs> so, it, I mean, the, the, the punch uh, behind it and the meaning of it is, is even more uh, powerful yeah. and pertinent to the situation. I, that, that, that aspect of shame you touch on there, I think you're absolutely right. You know, we could, we could record a hundred plus hours yeah. talking about shame and the depth and, and the, uh, uh, how deep it can, um, it can cut sometimes. And, and I, I think that again, you can see laced throughout the, uh, of the curriculums and, and the philosophy behind iSpace sort of shifts that. And, and as you quite rightly say, it doesn't, um, it, it, it promotes children to not 
feel ashamed of what they're experiencing yeah. again because I think when we look at it from an adult's perspective there are a lot of remote a lot of emotions that um, adults experience that we as adults experience that we can often find quite shameful yes. in a position of vulnerability or of weakness that we're feeling this yeah. way and the fact that you are almost blasting that out of the uh, stratosphere yeah. um, is uh, is is wonderful and uh, yeah, I mean, we, let's let's move on to the 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 planets, the ten yes. planets yes. Uh, within space that children can visit in their rockets um, to. Well, I was not necessarily top themselves up, but to to nurture and nourish what they need uh, once they've identified perhaps where the deficit is. So, Paula, share some of the planets and what yeah. they represent. So on this well-being galaxy, there's these beautiful, colourful planets that, you know, you just want to go and visit. <laughs> um, and when we designed the galaxy and the planets, so much thought went into it, even right down to every single colour that was selected. And I think I might have told you before, James, that when I wanted to pick somebody to design these planets and the colours and um, and what they represented, it had to be done by somebody really special because they had to know mm. the colours that are important and how colours really can affect our mood. And yes. I never knew that this, uh, you know, this degree or course ever existed, but there is a course on um, emotional colours. And I managed to find somebody who had done this uh, training and education in emotional colours. And so I was so excited about it. And um, and the person that they worked with, who uh, is a brilliant, brilliant illustrator who lives in Edinburgh in Scotland, um, I thought, OK, well, I'm going to go and see this person and uh, we can link the illustrations in with the person who does the emotional colours. And what mm. I'll do is I'll drive all the way to Edinburgh in my car and have a whole conversation about how we're going to design this galaxy. And when I got to Edinburgh and met uh, Tom, uh, Rob, the illustrator is his name in Edinburgh. He's amazing. And when I got there and we went through everything and I was packing up and he said, so where did you come from? And I said, oh, I came from near Brighton. And he said, oh, really? He said, I've got an office in Brighton and I think I'm going to be there next week. Oh, <laughs> so no. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's just ridiculous. Um, but thankfully, the, the, the lady who uh, worked on the colours is from Brighton. So I didn't have to travel as far to visit her to go through everything. But when we put it together, uh, I picked certain planets because I wanted them to stand out to children and to help them grow their vocabulary around um, mental health and well-being. So for example, one of the planets that we have uh, that sits right in the center of the galaxy is ga uh, planet well-being. And uh, planet well-being is really an introduction to what our well-being means and what it's all about. But once they learn that, they can then, as you say, get in their rockets and start traveling to the other planets. Uh, one of them is resilience. Um, and we use the Samuel Beckett quote around resilience to teach our children ever uh tried ever fail uh, sorry ever failed ever tried fail again fail better and uh, it was really funny because the first time we introduced this in our pilot program that year 
the uh, exams for their senior schools had a question on Samuel Beckett and that quote. <laughs> and so the children, when they saw it, they were like, I know all about this. This is all about yeah. resilience. I can talk about this. I can explain it. And I know what that quote means. And um, so when the children came out, having done their exams, they, you know, they skipped up and came to see me and said, oh my gosh, thank you so much for teaching us all about this stuff, not just for looking after ourselves, but it's in our everyday life. It came up in our English exam. Um, so I can apply this in so many different ways. So, um, so planet resilience, that's, you know, it's a, it's a really important um a thing for our children to really learn about because it's it's a foundation and if they can learn about all the different ways that we can build resilience and I don't believe resilience is about grit and you know mm. that just keep keep knocking you know every time you get knocked over keep just brushing yourself and getting up again and going against it again it's about what can we learn from that experience? What can I take away? What is this showing me? Where can I grow? Um, and it would have, one of the songs that you're going to play later will, will, is a great um, representation of resilience. And so by teaching children about resilience, I, I truly believe in the right way, it shows them it's about being resourceful. In fact, in mm. some ways, resourceful is a better word in some ways than resilience because it means more to people when you say resourceful because they go, oh, it's about what you've, what you've gathered, what you've got and what you can put into action if you need to use it. So through the iSpace Wellbeing Curriculum and the Galaxy and the, the toolkit, the children are constantly gathering skills, strategies, tools, language, that they can put in their emotional toolkit to help them build resilience. So when they fail at something, they don't see it as failure. They see it as learning. And what have I got in my toolkit that can help me now? Or what have I just learned that can actually go into my toolkit for the fu- for now and for the future? Um, so that's planet uh, resilience. And then there's also um, planet heads up. And I love planet heads up because it's really where we focus on our thoughts and our emotions. And we have a lovely tool that goes with planet heads up because planet heads up, um, it represents, you know, uh, keeping our heads up it represents you know our posture because it makes children think about how would you feel if you were feeling sad or if you were feeling low and they always think about posture and they'd say oh you would stand like this and your head would be down and how would you feel if you were confident or if you were, your day was going great you were having a great day and they'd stand with you know straight posture and their heads up and this planet holds a selection of balloons so sometimes we need support to keep our heads up um, and, and sometimes we can do it on our own. Um, but the tool that we use is called the place tool. And this is um, where the lettering breaks down into P is for pop it, L is for let it go. And of course, anytime we get to the L, the children burst into song from Frozen <laughs> and come into Elsa um, character. Yeah. And, uh, and so the L is for let it go. The A is for accept. And children, until we introduce this tool, children never really thought about the word accept. 
uh, they always thought, then this is where mindfulness also comes in as well. But they always thought, you know, there has to be a solution. It has to be fixed. It has to be changed. Yeah. But actually, sometimes it's just accept. And um, so P-L-A-C is for calm and control. And then the E, everybody gets stuck on E. James, I don't know whether you've looked at this one in your toolkit yet, but do you know what the E stands for? Is it? No, I can't remember. Yeah, everyone everyone gets caught on this one. Um, but it's enjoy. 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 So when we're talking about our thoughts and our emotions and we're using this tool to put them in the right place, um, the E is so let's not forget to enjoy because we have this negativity bias that we constantly, you know, go to the negatives. But actually, we need sometimes reminding, let's enjoy what was there today that was to be enjoyed um, rather than focusing on all those little negatives that creeped in throughout the day. Um, and so the, chil- the children now use this tool when they're on Planet Heads Up. And it's really, really helpful to them. And and then we have um, we have other planets like we we brought in planet diversity because it's about tolerance and being able to work together collaboratively um, to have win win situations to understand that we don't we there's always sometimes when we fall out with our friends it can be just that we're seeing things from a different perspective and it's about trying to understand that sometimes that different perspective can can get in the way of us understanding each other um, and here on planet diverse um, diversity we will learn we learn about restorative practice as well um, mm. and listening to each other because quite often we forget to listen and young children it's a skill that they really have to practice and to develop. And when we're on planet diversity, that listening skill is something that we can focus on and help our children to uh, to become um, better friends and to develop better relationships out of uh, out of listening. Um, and planet diversity is kind of a patchwork planet. And that planet, when we were thinking about developing it, uh, we, it, it had loads of different ways that this planet was developed before it actually became its final form. Uh, we like, for example, we used cogs and things like that to try and put these, uh, you know, to think about everybody working together through using different shaped cogs and everything. But in the end, we decided on a multicolored patchwork quilt effect to our planet. Um, and we sewed this patchwork quilt together using a common thread so lots of different colors but sewn together with a common thread and that's what we are in our communities we need to come together um, and work together with all our wonderful uh, differences and wonderful uniquenesses and um, and bring that together for the common good and and then we also have, oh gosh, we've got, where else could we go on our planet? We've got planet problem solving because it's really important that our children can learn to problem solve um, and that we as parents or teachers don't micromanage them because in our micromanagement of them, they don't learn and they don't develop coping mechanisms, uh, which is really, really important to them. And then I also put planet happiness on this galaxy on purpose because quite often people forget that we are not happy 
all of the time and that they think the goal for the day is always happiness. But mm. actually, happiness to me is moments in our lives that we these experiences, um, micro moments of, of positive experiences that give us that feeling of happiness. And so we put it there so that we can remind people it's almost like somewhere we go um, and we can we can get there if if we choose to to get there sometimes and i know this is talking about mental health and not mental illness today and i know that mental illness there are times where it is a real struggle to feel that emotion of happiness um but if we're just looking at our everyday health um and our everyday mental health and how we support and manage that for some of the children that come into me and something has gone wrong and we use the terminology um if it's a sudden thing like say for example they've just had the results of their maths test and uh it's not the result they were hoping for and they're really disappointed the day was going really well up until that point but when they received this result um it really hit them and what the terminology they use is they've been hit by an asteroid and uh they'll come and they'll go to either a teacher or they'll come to me in the school that i work at and they'll go i've been hit by an asteroid today we all understand what that means and we sit down and we have yeah. a conversation around it. And um, so it's really important that when they're exploring the galaxy, that they understand that this asteroid was just a moment in time and they can use all the planets on the galaxy to help them think about how they're going to manage it. And at the end, they quite often end up on planet happiness because they feel that they've let all of this out um, they've also reflected and looked on the happy moments that it had been in the day before this had happened and the things that they're also looking forward to later on in the day. And so they've, through the conversation, chosen themselves to turn it around and visit Planet Happiness and talk about happy things and happy memories and the things that make them feel happy. And this re-energizes them in a way and it enables them to return to, to class and to reaccess their learning. And before I had these tools, um, I, I felt that I wasn't like, I felt I was, you know, I always felt I was a very competent nurse and I felt that I was able to support children and help them work through their emotions. Um, but I felt it took me longer to help them through the process and to help mm. them process it. Uh, whereas having the toolkit where they've gathered all the knowledge and the skills in their lessons, if they need to come to me to, to have a conversation, they're already streets ahead because they've already got lots of skills that they've already put in place. So with me, it's almost just having a connection so that they can now use all of these skills and tools and knowledge and just have somebody to talk it through with. Uh, and that's a really, really powerful thing. And so using this an analogies and visuals and language and tools enables them to get back into class so much quicker because before they may have missed three or four lessons of the day or they may not have been able to get back into the day at all. They felt that that's it, the day, is, the day is gone. The asteroid has just wiped it out. Yeah. Um, but now they're able to, to get back and get into their learning um, and to refocus themselves. Because, you know, even as adults, when something hits us, 
and it causes us either stress or makes us to feel sad, it can take us a little while to get us back on our feet and to get back into the day again. Um, mm, but mm. through the through the use of these tools that they're using now and the language and knowing that it's okay to come and talk about it rather than sitting with it all day and waiting to get home and unload it on mum and dad um, or granny and granddad or auntie and uncle, uncle or whoever it is, they're, they're able to process it now better themselves. They're able to self-care. And that's an amazing mm. skill to have and to not lose out on their learning. It it so is. It, it so is. And I think that that for me also is is like you said there, when they're coming to you, there's already this um, process that the children are, are working through because of that embedded knowledge, that that experience, that that knowledge and information that they've galvanized and taken and embedded in uh, from the curriculum part they're already beginning to formulate and regulate a response, beginning to almost recalibrate themselves. Um, And I think that for me, obviously, and understandably so, that planet happiness really does stand out because, um, as you say, even as adults, we can can get hit by that asteroid and and almost be knocked off course for two, three, four days sometimes. Um, And it's it's far too long, whereas actually we can see that it's momentary. You know, as you said, asteroid is just a moment in time. And then we have that choice, which often we feel we don't have, to then think differently and that in turn that cognitive shift um, enables us or gives us the best chance to then feel differently and happiness is something happiness joy that sense of contentment is often overlooked as you said we get caught up in the problem and almost encouraged to find a solution when it's just momentary it's something that may be circumstantial or situational and beyond their control yes Um, yes it's it's uh it's fantastic so we've done planet well-being planet resilience planet diversity uh also let me i i didn't want to sort of break your stride but <laughs> the diversity aspect in terms of the i agree that that the artwork behind it and the um the essence in terms of it all stitched together but with the same thread um and i urge anyone and we'll talk about how people can look and access it later but the visuals of it are so powerful as well and it is that stitched together yeah. by the same thread is incredible um but yes well-being resilience planet diversity planet heads up planet problem solving planet happiness yeah. uh where are we six yeah. uh we've got planet relationships, planet relationships. yeah planet relationships hey, yeah yeah we're, we're in sync <laughs> we are so tell us about planet relationships oh do you know relationships are probably uh you know the the most times I talk to young people it's about their relationships um all kinds of relationships and uh and because relationships are so important to them like as children so important to them and their development is that they have really good relationships and then as they grow and explore the world around them when they start school it's about the new relationships that they're developing with other children um and then as adolescents it's Oh, it's their, it's their universe, isn't it? Um, when they yeah. come into adolescence and, and as parents, the relationships that the, the children have with their parents and, um, and, or, you know, not necessarily always parents, but there could be carers that because everybody's family network is always made up of different elements. So it's just whoever is in that child's life, um, is really, really important to them. And so, you know, bullying is a big, big issue 
And it's not just for children, it's for adults as well. Um, and we do talk about kindness so, so much. And I have written a blog on kindness because we talk about it so much, but we don't, when for children, they need to be, kindness almost needs to be explained to them. Uh, because mm. sometimes they don't realize, depending on their age, of course, but sometimes they don't realize that they are being unkind. And so in some ways we need to, we need to teach children about kindness through showing kindness ourselves. And then children will mirror that. And so I really think that is a very, very important thing that, um, rather than just keep saying, be kind, be kind, show, show them. And when they see it, they will learn it and they will feel it and they will know what it feels like to, for someone to be kind to them. And also in the giving of kindness, when they feel that um, connection with somebody that they have had an impact on in a positive way, they will want more of that. It's like the dopamine hit, isn't it? When when you get that lovely mm, positive yep. feedback out of doing something, that reward hits and you want to do it again. Um, and so on Planet Relationships, we do talk a, a lot about how we build relationships and how we sustain relationships. But we also talk about how relationships and the the foundations of relationships it's almost like you know looking at that house isn't it if we put good foundations down um we can then build a lovely house on top but it doesn't mean that cracks don't appear later on and we need to patch them up it's like we it's like if we think of our house and how much diy we do i know you do a lot of diy james i've seen (laughs) (laughs) i've seen your posts um (laughs) you're partial to a bit of diy as am i and so you know we know that our houses need need caring uh, for and topping up with a lick of paint and uh, filling in Mm -hmm. a crack here and there and our relationships are just like that you know we build them um but there are times where there is going to be wobbles there's going to be niggles and stressors that are going to creep into our relationships and rather than letting those cracks get bigger we need to address them straight away and try and mend them but it's about learning to listen to each other and learning to see from the from the other person's point of view as well and um and getting people the restorative practice that I talked about earlier getting their children together for as you know very young age and trying to teach them how to um to develop empathy and to listen to the other person's point of view through restorative and reflective practice and rather than us always jumping in as adults with our two feet and just you know trying to sort it out ourselves for them we need to give empower them so that they can take responsibility for their actions within their relationships but also develop a real clear understanding for why the cracks are appearing and if we keep jumping in and sorting out the cracks, um, they're not learning. We need we need to be there to, as a supportive figure, I think, because like a lot mm. of the children I work with are, are, you know, they're primary school age. So a lot of the time you do need to be there to, as, as, as someone to support. But um, I think we have to try and give them space to be able to try and figure some things out for themselves. And I know as a parent, I am a parent of an adolescent girl. Um, 
And I know that when things go wrong in your child's relationships um, and the as a parent, your instinct is to jump straight in and sort it out because you want to protect, protect, protect. But actually, as, a, as she's an adolescent now, she is able to manage her relationships really, really well herself. Um, and that's, you know, a great, great thing. And also she has been a guinea pig for ice-based well-being. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> she, so. so she has developed a lot of skills around that. Um, but planet relationships, I love the the look and feel of planet relationships because it's, it's a lovely pink planet um, which has its arms open out to you as if it's coming out to give you a big hug. And mm. it's got all these little tiny astronauts running around on the planet. Some of them are sitting together with each other. Some of them are playing with each other. And it just it's a, just a lovely, nice, feely planet that you want to go and visit and you want to feel connected with your friends. Um, and that's what friendship should be all about. It's about, you know, feeling you've got that person um, that can make you feel connected in a world, especially today, that is so so unconnected in many ways because of what we're having to deal with um so knowing that you have got somebody solid that you can turn to or a group that you can turn to to help you to manage in the situation we're in today um i think that's so important oh massively massively so so we have done seven in the galaxy so we've also got planet confidence and we have. With, that was next yeah. on my list. So if we link planet uh, relationships to planet confidence, because that's often the direction that my children uh, will take me when we're having a galaxy discussion. They'll start with the relationship issue and then the confidence is the next part of the conversation because they're feeling they haven't got the confidence to go back to their friend or go back to whoever it is that that they've had an issue with. Um, and it's about having time to spend on planet confidence, rebuilding um, their confidence, exploring the toolkit to pick some words out that they might find are helpful or a tool that they might find is helpful. And then to, to help them uh, process what what they what they feel that they're going to do next as their confidence through through planning I suppose comes comes back to them. Um, I did have a have a a student once who who felt that a relationship was was quite challenging and they lost their confidence to use their words uh, and to stand up for for themselves during uh, issues that arose and. We explored some neuroscience around this. And when we teach neuroscience through the ice-based wellbeing curriculum, we talk about um, flight, fright, and freeze. And so the the flight, we have a lovely little visual with uh, this brain wanting to run away. And then the mm. fight is a is and they're in their caveman outfits, these little brains, because are, <laughs> this is are. our survival mode that comes from our caveman days when we were either going to be lunch or have lunch um, with our saber tooth tigers that were around at the time. And so when we created these little visuals, the brains are in their caveman outfits. And then our flight is running away, our fight 
brain has got a big uh, caveman club in his hand. And then our freeze brain is in an ice cube. <laughs> and so when we talked about how our brain works and uh, we looked at these little visuals, uh, this person felt that they um, they were a freeze brain because every time something happened within the relationship that they had, and this was their best friend. So it's, you know, it wasn't a, a, you know, it wasn't someone that they didn't get on with. It was their best friend. And every time something went wrong, he just felt he froze and the words didn't come out and he didn't know what to do next. And, and it was all around really, you know, picking what game to play today and these kind of things, but it was really having an impact on, on this person's confidence. And so we spent a lot of time on our lovely planet confidence. Uh, and this planet confidence wears a little belt. And on his belt, it has the word little pockets for putting tools in. And on each pocket has the word, I am, I can, I will, I did. And we use this tool as the confidence belt. And so children can look at their confidence belt. It's like a little curve and they can explore how they can move from the I am feeling scared or I am feeling frozen. I am feeling I can't use my words. How can we move from there to the I will be able to use my words and I will be able to manage these situations better and I will be able to get a win-win situation at the end. And so we explored all of this together and very quickly over a matter of just one or two weeks of 10 minute sessions each time, just this person using all of these tools, problem solving themselves, they managed to get themselves right up to that. I, I, you know, I can, I will, I did. He worked all his way through the whole thing. And he, on this, the toolkit, we have some blank cards that they're able to draw and to doodle and to explore new tools almost that they create for themselves. And this particular individual created an anti-freeze gun. And his anti-freeze gun was going to be able to be used to, to defrost his ice cube. Uh, that he created around himself. And through all his um, little tools that he was putting into place during lessons or during playtime, when he'd come back to see me, he'd say his antifreeze gun had melted a big chunk of his ice cube. And at the end of probably our third little session together, he drew himself, happy little self, with now instead of his whole body in an ice cube, he just had a little ice cube around his foot. And I said, look, it's great. You and your friend are, you know, you're really flying and your confidence is back and it's great to see. And I said, but what's with the little ice cube around your foot? And he said, ah, that's just in case I need to come back. And I just felt <laughs> it was a perfect little analogy of I'm keeping my foot in the door in case, yeah. in case I need to come back and visit and have another little chat. But, you know, just bouncing from planet uh, relationships to planet confidence using those tools looking at a little bit of brain science this child just grew in confidence explored their growth mindset and off they went with a no with their own tool that they created for themselves in their anti-freeze gun and uh and they're you know they're they feel empowered and enabled to take on these challenges in the future um so so that's my lovely story from planet confidence and um and, and an element of 
almost um, another planet that that we've not mentioned yet, which is character building. Oh yes, that, that he went inside and and developed this resource, yeah. this freeze gun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, himself. So um, tell us a little you know, bit character. about character building. We did. Absolutely. It's, it, it is phenomenal. And without the visuals, because as I said, like I would work with children before I had created all of this. Um, and now that I, ha- I have these tools for my work to help me as a professional to help and enable young people, um, I am seeing things happen with these tools that I didn't even think up could happen myself. Um, mm. And so I am learning from the children as well. But it's it's just really shows how powerful analogies and visuals can be to young people because it takes away the uncomfortableness sometimes of a just eye-to-eye conversation, face-to-face conversation uh, with, you know, nothing in your hand and you're just sitting there talking about things that are quite emotional um and so almost that situation can be a barrier to communication whereas when you put something colorful on a table that has a stack of cards that is interactive that is allowing them to have their um wipeable marker in their hands to explore and to draw and be creative uh while they're doing it it takes all of that away and again brings it into that normality and this is natural and this is, you know, there's almost like a flow to this rather than rather than that just, you know, let's just sit and talk and uh, have, have nothing in between to help us other than uh, our eye contact. Um, so, so certainly when they're on character building and when they see it, it prompts them. These are lovely little prompts, all these characters. I can explore my well-being in 10 minutes from just having these prompts in front of my eyes. And I just feel that character building at the moment is so important for all our young people. And it's really helping them to be self-aware and to, um, like one of the things on character building, I feel is this um, integrity, honesty, trust, respect, all of these things, loyalty, um, love, all of these things come into our character building and we, we our, our planet character building is a builder and he has his little um, cement troll in his hand and he has his little bricks and mm-hmm. we get the children to explore their character using bricks and they build a lovely character wall for themselves with all these lovely, lovely bricks and they're building and adding to it all the time. And again, it's a visual for them to see who they are and who they're becoming and that it's, you know, it's something they are growing uh, and building and there's no end to it. And one of the things that we use on character building as well in, as, in terms of a tool and language is we've got this beautiful qualities tree and the qualities tree uh, has lots of apples on it and uh, there's a little ladder that goes up to the tree and it helps them the, the ladder kind of helps them explore their actions and the, the ladder then leads to the quality from the actions that they've had and the apples all have I am and I can words on it and sometimes they can be negative and sometimes they can be positive but the language that we bring in is that you can choose do you want to grow or throw 
And mm. so you can, it, it doesn't have to become part of you if it's something negative. You can make the choice. Do you want to grow it further or is it something you just want to throw? And this, again, if we if you were to delve deeper into it, can in some ways bring in neuroplasticity and, um, you know, how we're, we can train our brain and we can build patterns and repeated patterns can then get ingrained in our personality and who we want, who we become. And through exploring this qualities tree and using grow and throw, it takes away the, um, the sense of shame from when things go wrong or when you've done something and uh, you feel that you that you don't you don't want that to be really part of you um and because it's done in such a non-judgmental way when you're questioning children about their actions if you're just saying something like okay well that's happened and you did that what what do you think is this a grow or a throw and they can make the choice so you haven't judged them they're they're just deciding them for themselves where do i want to go with this and i i it doesn't have to to stick with me all day long now that I've made that mistake or that I've, say, for example, we just take the unkindness. Something happened. I took the football uh, and it wasn't fair and that was an unkind thing to do. Well, I can choose to grow or throw that, that action and what happened. I don't have to feel I am now an unkind person. Does that make sense? That is, I was scribbling that down as you were saying, <laughs> you know, that choice over grow and throw and not enable it to sort of become something that it doesn't necessarily need to be, yeah. you know, um, it just, yeah, just magic, absolutely yeah. magic. And really, I suppose to finish on the one that could easily, a planet that would easily be overlooked in what, when we consider, um, uh, well-being you know the, the go-to perhaps would be um the, our emotional well-being but one of uh, another significant and important planet in the galaxy is uh is our physical well-being yeah. so you've even got a planet that that adopts well i mean that, that finishes it all off nicely and looks at the global aspect of the individual of the child and that includes their physical well-being yeah, as well absolutely and I think that you know physical well-being is is such an important thing and it helps us in so many different ways um and but I think it's what I've tried to do with this well-being curriculum through the little backpack that I designed which has the two oxygen tanks on uh, one representing our mental health and the other representing our physical health and it has these little gauges that we use to try and measure where the child is at with both their physical and mental health or physical and emotional health even um, and it was to try and bring a parity of esteem uh, together around our physical and mental health because it's funny that I left physical health to last isn't it <laughs> Because my focus is so on the on mental health at the moment, because for so long, we've looked after our physical health, and we've, in so many ways, neglected to look after our mental health. Um, and then perhaps that was because by default of just not understanding uh, enough about it, and, and how we can actually help ourselves with it. And just, mm. um, so physical health, it can, it can help us to look after our mental health, but our physical health can sometimes also cause us to uh, have difficulties with our mental health. There's a two-way system with it in some ways. Um, so, uh, for example, if we if we develop a physical illness, um, we can then develop mental health issues uh, because of the challenge of that physical um, illness that we've developed. 
um, and some in some terms, um, uh, like autoimmune diseases, for example, can quite often um, have mental health issues connected with them as well. And in some respects, some autoimmune diseases can develop because we've had mental health issues first. So, you know, mm. our, our body and mind is so interconnected that we have to look at ourselves holistically. We cannot see them as separate entities, which is why they are part of our galaxy. Our physical health is part of our galaxy. Our mental health is part of our galaxy. Our emotional health is in there as well. And so we are you know, this whole unit working together and it needs to be an equilibrium um, and it needs to have this homeostasis to it. Otherwise, we can develop uh, these issues either physically or mentally. And um, so it's really important that we look after both. Um, But in many ways, we find it easy to, to, to look after ourselves physically um, because there's so many yeah. ways to do it. And in this, at the same time, we are looking after our mental health as well. Uh, but it would be nice sometimes to think about uh, when we're teaching children about their physical health, that when we're asking them to pop on their trainers and go for a run, it's not just to be physically toned, it's to exercise the mind and the brain as well. And for them to yeah. have that understanding that that is what they are doing too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's a whistle stop tour of the it galaxy. It was a whistle stop, and, and I, think <laughs> it, 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 you know, and I urge, um, I, I urge everybody to to explore it more because there's, as I said earlier in the show, there is so much depth to it. There is so much depth to it, and I'm going to make a controversial um, call, and I'm going to say, um, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to back your last two songs together so we're going to play them we're going to play both of them out brilliant um at the back end of the show because i i don't i don't i didn't want to rob any of the conversation and i think it was so crucial that we covered all 10 planets uh without putting a break in the middle and as much as i know the listeners know um that uh you know the, the music is such an important part of the show but actually the conversation does supersede that and there was no way that I was going to be stopping that halfway through (laughs) our tour of the galaxy um so I think what we'll do let's uh if we may let's talk about how people well let's share social media handles websites how listeners can learn more about iSpace how they can get themselves one of these packs uh, through the website because I think you know look we, we've said throughout that the schools that is running in we can see the value is adding there but you know Paula you and I have spoken before about this I think each and every home should have one yeah. of these I think for families to begin to read the book yeah. uh, with their children to to dive into the manual itself and start to adopt some of these principles and practices uh, within the family, I, I, I think it's limitless in that yeah. respect. So please share how people can learn more about iSpace and follow you on all of the social medias. Yeah, brilliant. So we have a website, which is www.ispacewellbeing.com. Um, and you can learn all about what we do there. Uh, we have our social media platforms on Instagram and on Facebook. And that, again, that's just iSpace Wellbeing. 
And uh, so you can learn a lot about what we do on those platforms as well. We're also on LinkedIn and on Twitter too. So there's a little bit of conversation that goes on in those platforms as well. We uh, obviously have our iSpace Wellbeing curriculum, which I'm so excited to be actually on uh, this uh, call with you today, James, because we have just um, decided as a company that because we are in this crisis at the moment with our co with the mm. COVID situation and with the um, increase in terms of the in terms of the numbers of children suffering from mental health issues at the moment due to this crisis uh, you know last year the statistics were uh, one in eight children had a mental health issue this year, the statistics that have been taken since we went into COVID, the numbers have increased now to one in six children. And, mm. you know, that is just unacceptable. And we as a company can't stand back and feel that this this can be happening. We just feel it's time for change. This just has to stop. And, um, and we are our passion behind what we did was to ensure that children didn't suffer. And so we've decided that we are offering our iSpace Wellbeing curriculum for free to every school in the UK uh, that wishes wow. to, to put it in place. Yeah. I have been so, so lucky with the people that have supported me and are behind this um, this mission that we are on using iSpace language. We are on a mission and uh, and we really do feel that um, that children have got to have this education in place from the age of four. And so we have decided that it is going free to all schools in the UK. Now, our toolkits and our books and our things like that can be purchased on our website. They are still purchasable. But our um, curriculum, the education around all of this that we've just spoken today is available for free to schools. Um, they just need to uh, we haven't set up the platform yet to sign up uh, if you're interested in as a school to apply for this for free. But over the next coming weeks, that platform will be on our website and they can register their interest on the platform. And then over the Christmas holidays, we will organize for schools to have training in how to provide this curriculum to their children in their schools and how to talk to their parents about it. And then for from January onwards, they can introduce the curriculum lesson plans into their schools for every child, because that for me was the key to everything I have been doing. And the mission for why I started was to ensure that every child had the education, the skills, the language, the tools to be able to self-care, um, because there are so many children that can pass us in our daily lives within schools that we are unaware of having any issues and if we provide something through their PSHE curriculum timetable that personal social health education timetable if we provide this education to to every child then there, nobody gets missed and that is really really important part of what we're doing so it is from today uh, going out there to schools for free what an incredible gesture um and well i mean look from my perspective i'm gonna 
push that message and urge all schools uh, to sign up and any anyone working in in, in education to, uh, to 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 grab this amazing resource um, and start to roll it out within schools. And as I say, if that uh, until it's up there on the um, uh, website as such, I'm sure people can message you Absolutely. through the social media platforms and uh, yeah. and and sort of get that ball rolling. Um, Paula, it's been amazing to have you on i knew that it would be a cracking show i knew it would be an incredible conversation and to hear you talk about it in in such depth with so much love for the 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 narrative and the story itself is is what i wanted um, the listeners to hear and it certainly has come if i may i'm going to share what i've taken from the conversation um and that is uh the importance of of, of a common language um, I think, you know, we said at the top of the show or you said at the top of the show that we, we mustn't sort of underestimate the power of learning with children, but also from the children. I think for me, that was incredible. Um, it's about adopting a preventative, proactive, proactive approach to mental health. Um, obviously, we can't get away from iSpace and what it stands for. I stop, pause and calm everything. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of Niam and, and, and Dunnikan in, in all of us that we can begin to cultivate and, and pay attention to that little bit more. Um, the The fun element but the normalization and natural aspect of niggles and stresses and that we're all sort of blessed and cursed with them the fact that asteroids can can come and knock us off course but actually they're momentary and we have a choice uh, to then adjust the trajectory of our flight path and visit these different planets that we spoke about black holes that we all find ourselves falling into or being sucked into in a, on occasions but recognizing that there is light at the end that we do come out the other side the i am um moving on to i become statements um and and believing in ourselves yeah. and having that belief in ourselves enables us to move forward. And of course, the decisions, the choices that often we feel we don't have regarding the grow or throw aspect. And we and and we must give a special nod to all ten planets in the galaxy, which is well-being, resilience, diversity, heads up, problem solving, happiness, relationships, confidence, physical and character building. Um, Wow, you know what? It's it's amazing. It really has been uh, an incredible honour to have you on the show and 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 to talk about it. And as we said, we're going to play out with your uh, second and third song choices. They are um, from one from the musical Everybody's Talking About Jamie, and that is the Wall in My Head. Um, and your final song choice to play play us out is uh, from Shakira, and that's Try Everything. Both song choices, again, are, uh, are, are very apt for um, your narrative, your story and what you've shared with us today. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you've been listening to me, James Roast, here on The Happiness Algorithm. My special guest today has been Paula Talman from iSpace Wellbeing. Um, please do go on the social medias and the website and, and learn more about um, the iSpace curriculum and, and story behind it. Um, have a great week, uh, be healthy, uh, be happy, and I will see you soon.
Something he said, something he said His words built a wall, a wall inside my head Just one little thing, didn't mean that much to him But it keeps building and building and building This wall in my head This wall in my head Just one tiny thought, it started out so small The thought made a brick the bricks made a wall And the wall keeps me down And the wall trips me up And it keeps building and building and building This wall in my head This wall in my head And here I stand with me feet Stuck to the to sting those words are the walls that still hold me in and they keep building and building and building and building and don't fall i'm finding me feet that used to be filled but this wall is harder to beat when it's one you help I lost another fight I asked myself 